the moment we had the vaccine available, we wanted to, so, to supply that to our frontline healthcare workers, right? These people have given so much. They've seen so much despair. If we can give them another layer of protection above and beyond that PPE, we thought it was that we needed to do that and that it was very, very important and we didn't want to waste a second. Welcome to Northwell Health's 20-Minute Health Talk, where some of the brightest minds in healthcare help us break down the latest news and developments. I'm Rob Hoyle, alongside my co-host, Chris Kazuski, and today our special guest is Dr. Onesis Steffes. He's the Chief Pharmacy Officer for Northwell Health, and we have a vaccine, and healthcare workers are getting it. This is great news in this war against COVID. Yeah, this is absolutely great news, and thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. I really do appreciate it. Um, Yes, we are extremely excited about having the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, it's amazing that we're going to be able to provide that additional layer of protection, uh, primarily to our healthcare workers and long-term care residents initially, and then ultimately to the general population. This really is a game changer, and this is uh, really a great weapon to fight against this pandemic. So we are very, very excited. Is this the weapon? Is this how we're going to get out of this? Absolutely. So it's a very interesting as you take a look at the progression of science through the pandemic and kind of where we are today. Uh, initially, we had emergency use authorizations for remdesivir, which ultimately got FDA approval. And that was really to help people that were hospitalized. And then now you have these monoclonal antibodies where if you're COVID positive, but you're not sick enough to be in the hospital, we're going to give you this. And then that way it'll try to help avoid hospitalization. And both of those are effective, but they weren't extremely effective in terms of uh, the mass population of people of, of truly benefiting. But now having a vaccine to the point where people can uh, get inoculated to avoid even having a COVID-19 to begin with is absolutely tremendous. And this is a, really our best bet or our best weapon to try to get back to some sort of normalcy. Yeah, a lot of uh, the things that you've been hearing about this, and it's been such a tough time. It's been so difficult. Healthcare workers have seen so much death, so much despair. But we hear people talking about this is the hope. This is the light at the end of the tunnel. Do you believe that truly is the light? This is the light we've seen the light now? Yeah, I really do believe that this is the light at the end of the tunnel. It is going to be a long tunnel. It's going to take a very long time for us to get everybody vaccinated uh, to get back to that point. Uh, but this is a great uh, a great ray of hope. Absolutely. Yeah. And for that general public, uh, got to be waiting for some normalcy. I mean, everybody looking at the summer, want to get back to summertime activities. I mean, I just want to go to a concert. Like, is that is that... You know, doable? Uh, is that realistic to think that way? Yeah, it really depends on on the uh, supply and, and the accessibility of the vaccines, right? So we have the uh, Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine, and then there is the J&J vaccine that could potentially be approved during quarter one. As more and more vaccines become available, uh, you'll have more supply out there in the market and the ability of more people to get vaccinated. The good thing is that the current vaccines, um, the Pfizer and we believe the Moderna as well, should be uh, pretty much for almost uh, everybody 16 and older, which is absolutely fantastic between the two of those. The, the only real contraindication is if you have uh, allergies to something that's in the product, which is fairly rare. Uh, and then you may want to consult a, a doctor if you're pregnant before receiving the vaccine. But by far and wide, the majority of people should have the ability to get this vaccine from a clinical perspective, which will help accelerate the number of people that get the vaccine. Uh, for us to ultimately hit herd immunity. So, you know, the goal was really to try to get 75 to 85 percent, preferably over the world, uh, you know, but more directly right now with the United States to get inoculated. Once you have that level of herd immunity, then you can get back to some sort of sense of 
of normalcy. And there'll always be a certain percentage of people for clinical purposes or what have you that may not be able to get it. And that's why it's important. If you're able to get the vaccine, you should get the vaccine. Not only will it help yourself, protect yourself and loved ones, but also help your community and, and humanity as a whole. So it is safe. Absolutely. It is safe. Okay. Um, and I understand these, these two vaccines, the Moderna and, and Pfizer, which are approved, they both work on messenger RNA technology. Could you just tell us exactly what does that mean? Sure. Absolutely. So mRNA or messenger RNA technology has actually been out for about 10 years. A lot of people are talking about that it's, it's new and innovative. And yes, within healthcare, 10 years is a very short period of time. Uh, but there are clinical trials and other things going on with that level of technology. And, and what it is, is within the vaccine, there's a molecule that contains mRNA. Uh, and when uh, that enters your body through the vaccination process, uh, basically what that does is that messenger RNA sends a message and instructs your cells in your body to, to produce a spike protein. This spike protein is very distinctive to the coronavirus. So it is not building the coronavirus or anything like that. It's building a distinctive protein that's typically associated with the coronavirus. And from there, your body recognizes that as a foreign body. And then from there, builds an immune response. Um, so now from there, uh, your body builds uh, antibodies. And that antibodies actually have memory. So in the event that you ever do contract the coronavirus, your body recognizes that spike protein right away and builds an immediate immune response in order to kill it. And that's what, when you look at a virus turning into a disease, that's what it's all about. Because a virus comes into your body. If you kill it immediately, then you're good to go. But if it takes a while for your body to have an immune response, and that virus is now starting to replicate, at some point in time, it becomes a critical mass where then it turns into that disease. You get sick, you get hospitalized, and, and you could end up on a, a ventilator and, or even, you know, pass. So... Um, this is absolutely a game changer. mRNA technology looks like uh, that, that it's the real deal and it works and also helps kind of speed up the process of bringing vaccinations to market. One of the side effects of this uh, vaccine is that you may have some pain at the injection site. You may feel drowsy. You may feel a little sick or lethargic for a day or two, but that means it's working. Absolutely. Yep. You got it. So all those things is your body building an immune response. It's your body building those antibodies. So it knows how to, you know, fight off the virus when, when it comes in. The other important thing is all of those things are self-limiting, right? So it's not things you're going to have to go to the doctor or get treated for, for the most part. It's things where you may have some soreness in the arm or you may have fever or chills, but after a few days, those things are, uh, surpass. Um, and it's much better than the other alternative of actually uh, getting the, the coronavirus and COVID-19. But I, I just wanted to add in there, uh, so mRNA technology does not inject coronavirus inside of you. That is correct. Yeah. And I, I think um, former CDC director Tom Friedman actually tweeted this out um, recently. He says M an mRNA vaccine doesn't actually contain the virus itself. Think of it as an email sent to your immune system that shows what the virus looks like, instructions to kill it, and then like a Snapchat message, it disappears. What an amazing technology. Is this the future of vaccinations here that we're living through now? Yeah, it's just now you have a new way of developing vaccines. So as, you know, uh, vaccine development continues to happen, uh, different things happen where you need certain vaccines or they want to enhance vaccines. This could definitely be 
a mode or a technology utilized in order to do so. Can you give us just a little brief description as the chief pharmacist of Northwell Health? Just give us a little history of vaccines and what vaccines have meant to society and how it has changed and improved health. Absolutely. The best medicine is preventive medicine. So anything you can do to avoid getting sick is definitely the way to go. And you'll have seen from the beginning of time, there was polio. There was all these different things that were out there um, where uh, people, you know, didn't even now you talk to kids today, didn't even know existed, you know, back then. So uh, vaccines have been around for a very long time. Preventive medicine is, is always the best way to go. Uh, and, uh, you know, as, as more and more of these viruses and things come out, then we'll continue to come up with uh, healthcare innovation in order to take care of them. So, uh, you know, you definitely should get vaccinated, not only with, uh, the coronavirus, uh, vaccine, but for all vaccinations that are required. Uh, there was also another article that was out there saying that pediatrics, um, a lot of the kids are behind on their vaccines, right? Cause the parents are, you know, concerned about bringing the kids into the doctor's office with the coronavirus and things going on. And it's very, very important that the kids get their vaccines and gets vaccinated or else you'll see things like little pods of measles and other things pop up in communities where they don't go out and, and get the kids uh, vaccinated. So not only is it important to get this vaccine, it's important to get all the vaccines recommended to have that preventative care uh, in order to maintain your health and wellness. Yes. You want to avoid the pandemic after the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and so the, the coronavirus vaccine, mm-hmm. two doses, um, I know Pfizer's 21 days apart. I think, uh, Moderna's 28 days. I, this isn't anything new. I mean, polio, uh, all, all these other, um, diseases that you mentioned, you know, multiple yep. vaccines. So we're, it's not like we're reinventing the wheel completely here. Just talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. And also with technology, electronic health records, all these different things that we have, uh, that that connects all of the healthcare of everybody that that that's out there. Um, there, it should be fairly fairly seamless. I'm not going to lie to you. Anytime there is a booster or anything else, it does add another level of complexity. But it's very important that you follow up on that. So, you know, um, the manufacturers are saying 94 and a half, 95 percent efficacy. The thing to note there that's one week after that booster shot. Right. So we don't really have strong data on what is your immunity after the first dose compared to that second dose. But I can tell you that it is considerably less. So it's very important not only to get the first shot, but also to get the second shot. Uh, The way that uh, people are trying to ensure that happens is first and foremost, when you go in for your first vaccination for the COVID-19 vaccine, they're going to be scheduling your follow up. Right. So if it's 21 or 28 days, respectively, they're saying, OK, you're getting it today. We'd like to see you around this time. And they're trying to lock people in that way. In addition, um, you know, when you do get the vaccine, it goes into the electronic medical record. So you'll receive emails, communications, follow ups, letting you know that you need to get that that second dose. So between all of that, you know, um, and trying to get the education out there, uh, we're hoping that um, that people will receive that second dose and gain maximum immunity associated with the vaccine. And even after you have gotten that second dose, especially in the beginning months, right? We are not expecting the majority of Americans to be vaccinated maybe until the summer, but so you get vaccinated, you still should wear your mask, do your hand washing, all those good things. Absolutely. All of those behavioral changes of wearing the mask, washing your hands, keeping social distance is absolutely paramount, even after you get the vaccine, uh, because there's still a pandemic going on. 
So it's really important that you continue to do the right thing, not only for yourself, but for your community and your neighbors uh, and continue to do those, those types of things. Absolutely. And uh, Northwell has certainly taken a leadership role in, in not even just, you know, COVID response, but also now in vaccine delivery. First in the U.S. to uh, immunize a frontline uh, caregiver. What's our plan moving forward? Yeah, we were very, very excited about that. And the funny thing is when we provided that first vaccination, we didn't even know that we were the first in the nation. Uh, we were just so in tune to ensure that the moment we had the vaccine available, we wanted to, so, to supply that to our frontline healthcare workers, right? These people have given so much. They've seen so much despair. If we can give them another layer of protection above and beyond that PPE, we thought it was that we needed to do that and that it was very, very important. And we didn't want to waste a second. So it wasn't really about, you know, being first in line to get this done. It was about getting this out and giving it to our healthcare workers so they feel protected and they feel supported. Uh, and we've gotten great uh, response from our healthcare workers and, and people interested in, in uh, receiving it. What did uh, Northwell do to prepare for this, you know, delivery model, if you will? Sure. So as you know, the Pfizer vaccine um, requires negative 70 degrees Celsius. Uh, just to give people an idea, that's not a freeze that you would typically have within a hospital and in particularly within a pharmacy department. So we did have a couple across the organization, but they're more in the research lab uh, type of places that that would require it. So once we found out that that could be the potential storage requirements associated with the vaccine, we worked very closely with our procurement team and we went out and we got these ultra cold freezers and we strategically placed them across the organization to ensure that we had uh, appropriate coverage of uh, all of our employees and our patients that we service within Northwell. Should, should that be a reminder too to people also to, to realize that health systems like Northwell went out and they purchased this stuff because they knew that vaccine was being developed and they knew it was going through the trials and they had it all ready to go, but just needed to wait for all those hurdles to be passed and all those, you know, tests to be done and the trials to, to be completed to see that, all right, this thing is effective 95%. You don't get much better than that. Uh, we had the time. Yeah, so we were, were tracking it throughout. We had the time. Uh, we also, even though we knew the government was providing us with syringes and needles and all those things, we went out and we purchased those things. Anything that we could possibly control to ensure that it would be a smooth administration of the process, and that we wouldn't waste any of these precious doses, we put we put into effect and we invested in because we understand how important this is. Um, just want to switch gears a little bit and move into our next segment. Dr. Steffes, what keeps you up at night? Um, anti-vaxxers. I'll be honest with you. You know, as we mentioned earlier, you know, we need 75 to 85% of the U.S. population to take this. Uh, there is a lot of misinformation out there. There is a lot of conspiracy theory out there. And, um, you know, I can't stress the importance of, of taking this vaccine. And that's why I take time out of my day to do things like this and, and, and talk to people to educate them on the vaccine and how important it is. And we certainly welcome, you know, you coming on. I, I think one of the biggest messages to get to people, any vaxxers, vaxxers, is that it's safe and it's effective. Um, how can we, what, what, what can we tell people who might be sitting the fence, you know, whether to get this or not? So, you know, the important thing to say is that the FDA did approve this. The first vaccine came out by Pfizer who is a global multi-billion dollar organization that has a tremendous brand. Uh, they have numerous medications and vaccines and everything else that, that's out there. The other thing to note too is that they didn't take any of the government's money for their clinical trials. They did it independently. 
and they ran them as they would run any of their other clinical trials, which is really, really important as well. So what I can tell people is that it went through all three phases of the clinical trial. It was reviewed by the FDA. Uh, New York State had its own review board, which we had members in Northwell sit on. And we reviewed all of that data uh, and, and uh, the, med- the vaccine came to market. And the people that are taking it are the frontline workers who we need the most, right? So if, you know, who is up on all the knowledge of the science and everything else that's going on. So um, that would give me tremendous amount of um, credibility in, in the vaccine and, and feeling really good about it. For the fact that a lot of people are looking at it, there's a lot of eyes on it, um, and that everyone feels very strongly, or a large portion of the people feel very strongly, that this is the number one weapon to defeat the pandemic, uh, and that we need to take it. And over time, you're going to see more and more people taking it, and you're going to see those results. And I think those results are going to be really positive. And if we have some late adapters that are going to be coming late to the game on it, I say, you know, better late than never. If this vaccine was suspect, they wouldn't give it to the people that we need at the absolute most at this time in our lives. Sure. Those frontline workers. Uh, just quickly before we move on, um, what is the timeline on for general public or at least ballpark? Uh, I'm thinking probably by the summer, uh, hopefully earlier, uh, depending on uh, additional vaccines getting approved in the market and ensuring that the uh, vaccines that are out there now continue to produce at a high level. Um, so hopefully sooner than the summer, but I'm thinking by the summer, uh, whoever is interested in receiving the vaccine should be able to get the vaccine. Great. So let's move on to our next uh, segment we like to call knee-jerk reactions. We're going to say a word or a phrase, and we just want your immediate response. So, well, right off the bat, COVID-19. Pandemic. Horrible. Couldn't have said it better. How about treatments? Uh, optimistic. Hopeful. Uh, follow the signs. Vaccines. Uh, end of a, end of the tunnel, uh, uh, hope optimistic, um, the way to get out of this pandemic. 2021, a new year, a new lease on life, a better tomorrow. Love that herd immunity. Absolute crucial to move back to the new normal. MRNA game changer. Awesome. Reinventing immunizations. Uh, necessary as time goes on and, and, uh, things happen. Science needs to continue to reinvent itself, uh, to stay up with, uh, what's currently going on in the world. This is a term I never thought I would actually say, but unfortunately the past year has pushed it to the forefront following the science. Absolutely necessary and crucial. Where are we going to a better tomorrow? Uh, because one of the things that you can look at from this pandemic is a tremendous amount of innovation. And when it, the science is one thing, but also working remotely, working efficiently, uh, coming up with new ways to do things. I think all those things are going to carry forward even in the new world. And I think that, you know, a lot of those innovations and a lot of things that we're doing differently today uh, will will move forward and provide value in the future, even after the pandemic. Awesome. Are we at the, uh, we're getting close to the end of the show here. I think so. So, so we like to keep our 20 minute health talk at 20 minutes and we always like to wrap up the show on a positive note. So what gives you hope for the future? What, what gives you optimism? What gives me optimism for the future is, um, the way everybody's banding together against this, this pandemic 
and to see the human side of people helping each other uh, and people going above and beyond uh, central workers, everyday people has been tremendous. And I hope that we keep that level of humanity going forward in the future on top of all the healthcare innovation and, and efficiencies uh, going on uh, in the workplace. Awesome. And Dr. Onisa Steffes, thank you so much for joining us today on 20 Minute Health Talk. For everybody else who tuned in, thank you so much. Stay safe. Have a great week. Get more expert insight from some of the leading voices in healthcare today. Subscribe to 20 Minute Health Talk on Podbean, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts.